Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. And we come to you after the road trip to the desert. I know some fans are feeling a little disappointed uh, after Saturday's game. A little, uh, us kind of feeling a little bit also uh, disappointed. But I think UCLA got the job done. We got the road sweep. And we actually got the win over... Arguably the more important team when it comes uh, to the conference race, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but we played Arizona State. We won against Arizona State. We played Arizona. We did not win against Arizona. Um, but let's start with that Arizona State uh, game, uh, Kevin. What what did you see in that game? A really interesting game. Um, so so yes, overall road split in a vacuum. Um, you know, a, a good result. Uh, it's a tough road road trip this year. The Arizona State game was really interesting. Uh, we started really poor. I think we had like eight points in 11 minutes. And I think they had like seven points in that same amount of time. So it was a really slow start to the game. Tiger Campbell and Dave Singleton, they were, they were leaders out there. Uh, they kept us in the game when it could have gotten away. Uh, Arizona State started to make some, some shots uh, at the end of the first half. And they made a miracle half-court shot. It looked like it could be one of those nights, and we came out of the second half. We started fast, but you know, it looked like we were struggling against a team that had a seven foot one guy guarding the post, and they were packing the paint in there trying to bother Jaime. And I thought this game was big uh, for a couple of reasons. Dylan Andrews, I, I thought he hit some big shots when we really needed it. He started to get into that circle of trust, and that carried over into the next game where even if he didn't score, he got his consistent minutes there. Um, I thought DJ Horn that first half, uh, he guess he was just kind of throwing it up from wherever he wanted. It was going in the second half. We kind of kept him at bay. I think it's fair to, to say, you know, from, from both these games, but, but really, especially the Arizona state game. And before that, a trend starting to emerge with this team, which was that the final, you know, 10 minutes and really those final five minutes, it's winning time. Uh, and you know, it went from 50 to 55 at around the, the 10 minute mark. And finished six seventy four sixty two, and you know I think the the final scoreline's a bit flattering. I don't think it it felt like a twelve point game. Bobby Hurley said all that after the game, and you know yeah it should have been thirteen. We had miscounted the three, all that fun stuff. But we, what a Pac twelve thing to do. What a Pac twelve thing to do. Anyways, we finished the game on a sixteen to two run, and then finally everyone started to hit a couple shots. We got to the foul line, and the water just went off on defense. I think they got like a point or two in the last like you know. In the, in the last five minutes, um, yeah, finish on a sixteen. It was sixteen two. Yeah, sixteen two. Last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that, that so that's what it was, um, and overall, you know, as we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast, I'm sure the the offense once again, it the, the shooting wasn't very good, but we kept the game close on defense. In those last ten minutes, we buckled down, turned the water off, especially those last five minutes. And once a few shots went in, uh, the game was over, um, and 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 that's that that's why, you know, I think that's a trend we should acknowledge before we get to the, all the other trends we're about to to get to with from the other game too. The defense, I think, is probably the most important thing to talk about right now uh, because Mick Cronin's been saying this, and this is absolutely true. 
if we defend the way we have been defending for the last, I don't know, eight games, nine games, ten games, whatever you want to call it, basically after that Las Vegas trip, we will have a shot to win basically every single game, and that has held true. Uh, I, I think, and when when we get to the Arizona game uh, kind of uh, recap, I don't think that, that math went away there. I, I think that math and that theory actually holds true still in that game. We'll talk about that a little bit. But in this Arizona State game, it absolutely worked out for us. I think the teams... We, we defend the whole game, right? And, and we defend pretty ferociously, but for whatever reason, we really turn it up in that last 10, 15-minute stretch. And, and part of it, I think, is teams just wear down by that point. We play physically, and we stay after guys the entire t- game. Guys of the opposing team in that 10-minute stretch are tired. I mean, you can see it usually, and and I think that happened at Arizona State. I, you know, I, there were some dumb tweets from some national pundits talking about you know how Arizona State gave that game away, but I, I completely disagree. I think UCLA just turns the defense up at, in that time frame and uh, makes the other team so tired by that point already that it's the defense just looks even better. Uh, and so I, I give give the defense credit. Again, when we're not shooting well, the defense will give us position, put us in positions to win every game. Yeah, and I will also sh- go ahead. It's also the experience, right? I mean, we got guys on this team that have been there, been to the Final Fours, been to Sweet Sixteens, been in so many big games that even though we got some young guys on the on the team, you have your leaders who can kind of take you through those stretches. Arizona State in that game down the stretch, it just looked like you know. They they didn't they didn't really have a plan. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. They 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 usually play that loosey goosey style where they run up the court and launch up shots and and when they were going in it looked great. Um, and then you know when you get down the stretch it becomes a half court game. The defense starts turning pressure up on you. Turns the water off. It looked like we had a plan there. We knew what we wanted to go to. We knew who we wanted to go to on each play. And Arizona State, you know, they they kind of lacked that 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 veteran presence, that savviness of just being in that moment. Um, and that I think is a positive for UCLA in the sense that, you know, when the games get tight, I think we have an idea of what we're going to do, um, and, and what it is we want it to look like. Now, can we execute that? Again, we're going to talk a whole lot about shooting and offense and all that stuff uh, in, the, in the next game. But, but I thought that that's something that's, that's come through and it even came through to some extent against Arizona at the end there too. Um. But yeah, I think that's something to look, to look for, look forward to, and I think a positive out of out of this trip in the last several games. Absolutely, and keep in mind if you look statistically at this game, Arizona State, we shot fifty percent from the field. So yes, it felt like we couldn't get in a bucket in long stretches of that game, and partially I think it was really exacerbated because we had. Jaime, who is, we're so used to just getting bucket after bucket after bucket, kind of going through a shooting slump in this game. Uh, I, I want to just shout him out real quick. You know, I know we're, we're talking about how he was shooting and having struggling on that front. He absolutely impacted this game in, a most, in the most veteran way he possibly could. He knew his shot wasn't dropping, so what did he do? He went after rebounds, he played defense, he got some blocks, he did everything else he possibly could to make sure we won that game and contributed when his shot wasn't falling. And 
that was absolutely as big as him hitting that three-point at the end of the game. Um, He's made a commitment but, on both ends of the floor in the, in the last several games. I, I would say his scoring has been up and down a bit in, in this in this last you know several games. There's been some games that have been really good, like Colorado, and there have been some games like you know this whole road trip, basically. But his commitment on the defensive end to rebounding, to blocking shots... Um, that's really commendable, and I think definitely it's going to be needed just if we look at where this team is trending. We need all five guys to be out there and making a full commitment on that end uh, for the entirety of the time that they're out there. So him doing that, I thought he got away from that earlier in the year, but now that he's made a, a commitment to doing that again, um, I think that's another reason why this defense has just kind of turned it up a notch. Absolutely. Going back to kind of the, the macro trends of, of the offense and, and the team, we shot 50% from the field. Like, that is going to be as good as it gets any day. You're shooting 50% from the field. You're playing well on offense. And I think this gets us to the next game a little bit, but I think there's this notion going around with, with the UCLA fans and, and the community that our offense is fundamentally broken. And I think I, I disagree with that at this point. I, I don't think that the offense is fundamentally broken. I think what we are going through right now is a really, really bad <laughs> uh, shooting slump. Because if you look at the these both of these games, really, but if you really look at the Arizona game, if you watch that game closely, not even closely, just watch that game, they were giving us open looks all day long. All day long. And if we hit even our average of percentage of shots here, even slightly below percentage of shots here, we win that game by 8 to 10 points. Easy. And so we're creating the looks and the shots that we need. We're just not able to hit them right now for whatever reason that is. And I would actually be rather in this position where we know guys will get back to their average. You know, we will, the numbers will eventually shake themselves out. I'm confident in that. I would be less confident if we were talking about a fundamentally broken offense here, and I don't think we're in that position. I just don't. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm pretty much there with you. I think I'm a bit more concerned than, than most um, that I think take that viewpoint, though, it, just, just from this standpoint. First off, I hate losing to Arizona. Those front-running... Though that complete, just just the most annoying fan base that's out there, front runners, you guys got something coming for you down <laughs> down the road, all right? And I'm just going to leave it at that. So the problem I think right now that, that, that we have is, look, okay, first off, the Arizona game itself, you look at the stat sheet, and I'm still, I, I wanted to take a day or two and get over the emotions of like, oh, we lost to Arizona, and you got to see their, their stupid idiotic fans doing what they're doing right now um, and then go back and then take a look at the highlights and look at the, the the box score again and then you look at the numbers like we'll call it McCronin math right it's what we've been referring to for for several weeks now but again we, we, we've said this over several weeks now if you out rebound if UCLA wins the rebounding battle and also wins the turnover battle it's basically impossible for you to win and that is McCronin math, and in this case, 
the Mick Cronin math, it, it worked. We had 18 more shot attempts because we won the rebounding battle plus seven, plus seven against one of the best rebounding teams in the country in Arizona. We won the rebounding battle by plus seven. One it was impressive, honestly. That that stat by itself is impressive. We won the turnover battle by six. And all that amounts to 18 more shots, and it's literally impossible to lose from that position if you can just shoot, say, 35%. And and that, I think, is, is uh, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get to what what the issue here is, right? I mean, we contained Azulis Tabellis about as well as anybody's going to contain him this year. Five for 15 uh, for, for, for Tabellis, who's shooting a crazy percentage. He's averaging close to 20 a game. We rebounded well, and we lost because essentially we shot, I'm going to say we shot around 30%. I think that, was that last minute, two minutes, was, was a little flattering to us. Um, we, lost, we, we shot 31.3%. Yeah, in, 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 in the end, we, we shoot 313 because that last minute or two, it all ends up being steals and layups. Um, so if, I'm just going to say around 30%. And yes, right now on offense, we have a lot of bad trends that are all hitting at the same time. Um, and, and So from that standpoint, what you say is true. Uh, I'm in, in credit to you know David Woods of Bruin Report Online. He's, he's got all these stats that are out there about this. Jaime Jaquez, he's missed a lot of his attempts from close to the rim, between 4 and, and 15 feet, where usually he's just money. He's 10 of 41 in January doing that. Jalen Clark, that floater game that was working from like November to December, that's kind of disappeared. Now he's, he's shooting, what, I think, like 35% on twos. Dave Singleton's gone into this weird slump where he's hot and cold. The Arizona State game, he was hot. And in this game, he was not. Tiger Campbell is kind Got of the... 70% s- in that game. Yeah. T- and Tiger has kind of been the same way, right? Like, Arizona State, that was, once again, that was leadership. That was everything you could ask for. And in this game, he goes 5 for 18. So all of that comes in while also we don't have Amari Bailey in the team. So I think on one, one hand... You can say yes. These are all crazy trends. They can't stay the way they are, and eventually it'll net out to averages. The offense wasn't as good as maybe it looked earlier in the year, like, and it's not as bad as it looks right now. With that said, I think what's a little scary about this offense is let's go back to the Arizona State game. We shot fifty percent. So how do you shoot fifty percent, but then start the game with like eight points through like eleven minutes? right, or like 10 points, we go through these lulls where like there's these 10 to 11 minute stretches where we were essentially going at under a point a minute. That is, I think, the scary part about this where, you know, against a better team, and I think Arizona qualify. I think Arizona's flawed. I don't think they're Arizona of last year by any means, but but they're a good team. They've, they've got some, some good wins on their resume, and it's clear that they'll probably end up being a, a top three seed um, minimum maybe even compete for a two come come March but they're a flawed team but yet they're a top offensive team and if you have those lulls eventually those teams are going to find a five six minute stretch in there where they're going to score points and that's what happened this game um, Arizona at the beginning of that second half they got a couple couple possessions to go their way and then they start to kind of make a few of those shots our defense, again, against this kind of a team, you can't hold it for 40 minutes. They're going to eventually hit their stride. 
and there was about a five six minute period there where they hit some threes they hit a couple putbacks ballo overpowered us and then the lead's 13 and it just feels insurmountable so that's the kind of th- stuff that i think i'm a bit more worried about that yes these trends i i do think that eventually we net up to law of averages but it also looks like we do have it in us these like five to ten minute periods now where we're just going to go cold and and how do we get through that i think is going to be really interesting um you know i think there are some some things some fixes there right i jaime jaquez and dave singleton i think have proven over the course of their career that they're not going to keep this up i think they're eventually going to get back to their averages um, but a guy like Jalen Clark, though, he hasn't really been in this role before, and I think this was a concern we had about him before the year, right? Like, is he is he going to be dependable in this kind of third option? And he's down now from where there was a point in the season he was averaging close to 17, 18 a game. He's now down to under 14. Um, can he get that mojo back? Can he be dependable and consistent? Where in this kind of an offense where it's all about isolating a mismatch to get you – the the matchup you want and then go after it is he dependable in that style um can we get amari bailey back and get him to a point where we can get pick up another gear on this offense is that a realistic thing to ask of him i think those are things to watch out for and you know all 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 questions i think that that we have to answer because the other thing that's that's kind of behind all of this and the reason i think that this is a little bit more salty than than otherwise is for all the good things we've done, and, and we've, we've played a pretty tough schedule. We have the 26th rated strength of schedule and all that. We haven't beaten a top 30 team yet. Um, and that, I think, is it, why I think it, it's fair to just look at this and say, you know, can we either ratchet up the defense another notch to where we literally can do that for 40 minutes? Or, you know, is this in us to where maybe against the, the very, very best teams – we're going to have to tweak something just a little bit to make sure that when the water does turn off for our offense, we can stay in these games. Look, I get it. It, it, it. This was a frustrating loss. If you told me that we held Arizona to 58 points, which is a team that's averaging well into the 70s before this game, I would tell you that you're crazy to tell me that we lost that game. Plain and simple. I, I truly, this feels... A little bit of a of a anomaly here. I think nine eight out of ten times we win this game if if we play a defense like the way we have been. Uh, I just don't think that we will shoot as poorly as we did for entire forty game stretches like we did in this game. Uh, you also have to keep in mind the context of this game too, right? We come in after playing a tough game against ASU. So there's there's ment- on the road, there's mental and physical wear and tear. You come into McHale, which, uh, you know, is a loud stadium. I, I went to this game. Credit to the Arizona fans. They, they provide a, a pretty loud, energetic um, stadium and, and a home environment that is definitely influences the game. I, I truly... I acknowledge that. So I think there, it's a tough place to play in right there. You have Pac-12 refs, right, influencing the game in, in many ways. I'm not saying that Arizona got all of the 
the calls in this game one way or the other, but you know, they called some pretty ticky tacky stuff pretty early on and I think that gets in the heads of some of our younger guys. I, I, I was gonna say the, the the only one I really had a problem with was that very first block of a Dembona. I'm gonna call it a block of a Dembona. That was that was pathetic. That was really egregious um, to give him a foul yeah. that first minute. After that, I thought the you know it was a typical Pac-12 officiated game, and, and I didn't see anything too bad that was you know going to influence the outcome. But that, that, was, that first one was 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 really terrible though, and had to sit the dumb bone right there. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the officiating, but but again, things like that they impact how, especially like a guy like Bona who's young, will play the game. Especially with Cronin, who is so foul conscious, good or bad. I, the point is, like, it does impact how guys play. The last thing, uh, con- piece of context I want to put in here, Arizona was absolutely way more desperate to win this game than we were. For them to have even a sniff at a chance to win the conference, like, they needed to win this game. And again, for reference, even with this loss, we are two or more games above everybody else right now. So we still hold a pretty commanding lead in the Pac-12 race now. And we have a big game upcoming on Thursday. We'll get into it in a second. But this was definitely Arizona's like one shot to really kind of try to insert themselves back into the Pac-12 race. And they absolutely needed this win way more than we did, I think. Uh, and I think they, they played that way. They played to some degree like they wanted it more. And I will give our guys credit. I think it was around two minutes. We were down 13. You know, the crowd was going nuts. We could have thrown in the towel at this point. Yet with about 15 seconds left, we somehow cut that ball, that lead down to four with the ball. <laughs> um, so let's, let's like, I, I, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet after this game, is what I'm saying. We won 14 in a row. We came into a tough place against a rival who uh, needed to win this game more than we did, and we lost by six when we had a historically bad shooting night. Historically bad. Whether you know we think it's a fluke or not, you know we can. But I just don't think that we're going to shoot this poorly ever consistently. We might have slumps. And to your point, but I don't think for a for a full game we will shoot basically sub thirty percent. Full game, uh, no, but I, I do think though now we have to be, and there's some fixes and tweaks we can probably make, right? I mean, I, I think people are talking about cha- fundamentally changing the offense and stuff, and you know, getting more fast fast pace and all that. I don't think that's realistic. First off, it's not really in Mick Ronan's wheelhouse. We've tried that stuff before. It, it doesn't look pretty when, when, when we do it. It's not in his wheelhouse, and, and that's on a dig at him, all right? Like, I, I can probably name, what, like two coaches in the country who are comfortable doing all of it. Like, Bill Self can run set, sets, fast tempo, all of that stuff. That's not Mick Ronan, and that's fine. That's, that's okay. But the other um, side of this is, you know, the offense again. It's it's getting people some of the shots that they want to be taking. The question then becomes, you know, do we have enough of those people? Because I think what we've seen is teams are going to throw some things at us. 
they're not the, the scouting reports out on Jaime Jaquez. He's not just going to be able to catch the ball on the low post and go one on one with guys anymore. Um, and and we're going to need to find some answers for that. So when he's got that going, and say there's a game where Tiger is off as well, for whatever reason, do we have the horses then to kind of break teams down and you know get enough shots that quality shots that's going to open up the whole offense? We talked about this before. It seems like when a Dem Bona's in, and we, just overall we have somebody in the low post that we can play through, the whole offense kind of opens up. But I don't know if a Dem Bona's the reliable guy there either. I, so I, I really think it, it has to come back to Jalen Clark. If he's got a one-on-one opportunity, he's got to go ahead and take, care, t- take advantage of that. That floater game of his, that mid-range game of his, it's got to get more consistent. And that's for himself as well as it is for UCLA. He wants to go play in the NBA. He's got to have some semblance of guard skills and, and, and I don't mean pro-level guard skills and like an offensive game there. So I think we got to get him some touches early, let him feel it out because it feels like once he feels one or two, then after that he gets better at it. Um, so that's, I think, maybe a, a, a change that we can make just to get him some touches a little bit earlier. And then when we do go through these slumps, because I think at this point we have to be prepared for you know five to ten minute slumps within a game where we're just going to break everything. It's it's in this team now. I think we we've seen that overall in 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 a game where we'll we'll balance it out. Maybe it's not going to be like what we saw against Arizona, but in those periods, I actually think that the solution is to ratchet up the defense even more. We can't have even the lulls that we had against Colorado, for example, or in this game against Arizona where they had that you know, five to ten minute stretch where we maybe lose a little focus, we stop getting deflections, and they go on a bit of a run. Like when we're not, we're not making shots, this is what Mick was talking about after the game, we got to ratchet it up on the other end to create chances for ourselves, create transition opportunities, create you know, pressing opportunities, things of that nature. To maybe get us more easy baskets and then the other thing i'd say is the one stylistic change i do think we can make in transition i'm not sure we know what we want to do in transition sometimes you know how, how do we run three on ones with the with the one guy in the middle do we want to pull up in that situation do we want to attack the basket i think transition offense overall leaves a lot to be desired now the one thing we haven't talked about is the guy who hasn't been playing yet amari bailey that's I think the trump card in all of this and and there again this is where I wonder how much can we depend on Amari Bailey to come and just transform the whole thing I think he's going to help a lot because he can break teams down if he can get inside then get some easier post entries and then we can open up the the offense that way I think that would be fantastic he's going to come back from injury hopefully this week if not very soon after that I think we need him to just we need to take our lulls with him and get him better every single game from now to the Pac-12 tournament. That's, I think, the key from here on out because you know, if we can get Jalen Clark at a level where he's consistent and Amari Bailey where he's dependable and playable and a threat, then I think all of this kind of turns around. Um, but we have to well, see. And, and it starts it starts with defense with Amari, right? He he's so committed on the defensive side so far and has been playing was playing very well on that. And that full defensive effort from the team when he's on the, the court, it really does lead to better offense. I, I really think it, it you know, generates those turnovers, people can't break us down as easily, they can't get by our perimeter defense as easily and 
we just we teams can't can't beat us on defense and it creates more turnovers and we generate a lot more easy buckets when he's on on the court in theory david singleton also now goes back to a six-man role and maybe that's going to help his shooting out absolutely i i agree the other thing i want to point out in this game is our free throw percentage was not good (laughs) we were shooting 55 nearly 55 percent again on the road we have to hit our free throws at a higher clip than 55%. Like, plain and simple. And you have guys like Jaime missing, you know, free throws. Tiger missing free throws. I can understand Bona. You know, he, he only took two. He made one on the road. But your veteran guys like Jaime and, and Tiger need to be hitting their free throws at the bare minimum. We hit two or three more free throws. And again, this is a very, very different game down the stretch potentially throughout the rest of the end of the game. But I think free throw shooting left a little to be desired. I think that's um, – we, we just need to get better at that, especially when we're playing in a tough environment because we're just leaving points on the table here. I also don't know if – I mean, we definitely don't get to the free throw line enough for the kind of players that we have. And that's, I think, another another thing that we can look and look at more. I think Tiger's trying – you can see him going to the to the rim a lot more, and that's when, you know, some people have been saying he's been driving to nowhere and getting a shot blocked. But I think it's an honest attempt to to be aggressive and try to get to the free throw line, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, Jalen Clark's been getting to the free throw line a little bit more, but I think even he can get better at that. Jaime Hawkes can get to the free throw line more, and then man, I don't know what happened to his free throw because because he was a free throw machine early in this in the early to mid part of this year. And in the last, you know, five, six games, it just feels like every trip is like a one for two, basically. So he's got to turn that well, around. His for shooting sure. in general is just off, and it seems to be impacting his free throw shooting. But uh, to your point, he still needs to get there. I, I I don't know if he's just one of those guys. It feels like he's one of those guys, to me at least, that he plays through so much contact, and he has zero desire to try to sell a foul. If you watch him play, he's getting hacked on a lot of his shots, but he, he's not a guy who's going to try to sell it or uh, you really fight or argue for a foul. He's just he's just goes up, fit, tries to finish the play, and then gets back on defense. But I I do think he gets fouled a lot more often, and he's not a guy who is, who's out there trying to sell the foul. And maybe he should be trying to do that a little more. Yeah, overall... For the pl- kind of players that we have, and the kind of o- I mean, the kind of offense we run because it's ISO based, maybe it we don't draw as many fouls as we could. But but that scenario, we got to get more points from that side. And again, if we're not scoring, then we need even more deflections. We need more transition opportunities. And then then I guess we see what happens again. Like I think Jaime Hawkes and Dave Singleton have proven over a long period of time. Eventually, I think they I. I yeah, if, if Jaime Hawkes doesn't figure out how to finish close to the basket again, and again, then yeah, we're not going anywhere. But I think evidence would tell you that him and Dave Singleton, they're probably going to figure it out. Tiger, we've seen what he can do. This up and downness, I think, has got to now settle down into something in the middle. I think part of the problem with him is when we go through these scoring lulls, I think Mick wants him to kind of take the game on and, and make something happen. And against Arizona State, it worked. 
that was the kind of the Steph Curry mode that we were we've been talking about for a long time. It actually kind of worked against Arizona State, but in this game, five for eighteen, you know, your luck's not always gonna 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 work in your favor but, there. But again, a lot of those shots he missed were wide open mid range jumpers he buries more often than not. Yeah, he just wasn't hitting those those shots. Like he had open looks, good looks. And he pulled up, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Like, if with any of these guys, I think, again, we were taking good shots for the most part. I don't remember any egregious, terrible shot taking in this game where I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, what, why, why would we take this shot? For the most part, we were running our offense, getting decent looks, and just clanking them, like, pure and simple. And... Again, two of those shots go down on another night. We're in a different ball game here. Completely different ball game here. So it's, and this is again, it goes back to my point. Like, I don't think the offense is fundamentally flawed here. If we're generating those open looks, it's just a matter of whatever we need to do with our guys mentally or, or mechanically to get them t- to get back to at least their averages. Yeah, I think it just comes to what's the floor of this offense, and right now, and we've seen it now. The floor of this offense is this. It can't. It can't get worse than this, right? It's it's about round about thirty percent. We need that floor to be closer to, I mean, ideally forty percent. Like we're talking about, you know, Chip Kelly defense standards here, right? Like, can we get if the floor is between thirty-five to forty percent? I think that's when we're we're in a in a better spot. To where then the McCronin math is basically just going to be undefeated the rest of the way. Now again, this is the thing I think to watch over the next five to six games is we came into the season wondering, you know, is the shooting on this team going to be okay? Because we lost a lot of natural shot makers and shot creators and Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, even Cody Riley from you know mid range jumpers and such, and. I think the consensus was, you know, again, we're probably going to shoot a higher three-point percentage. We're probably going to have a higher field goal percentage. And I think in the end that still may be true. But we'll have to see over these next five, six games, was some of the shooting in the early part of the season, like for for some of these guys, because they haven't been in the stage before, some of these guys like Jalen Clark and such, was that an anomaly or was that something where he can work closer to be more consistent to? And I think that's what we, we... can watch for in these next several games is you know what is can can we raise the floor of the offense maybe through some of the things we're talking about getting to the free throw line creating more turnovers and such but we have to be able to be dependable to at least get to 35 to 40 percent this kind of a game can't have that that's when upsets happen in the second round and in the first round and and, and stuff like that so that's i think the the main reason, if any Bruin fan is worried after this weekend, it's not because we went and lost at Arizona and probably the toughest games we have we have left in our schedule. I think that's the kind of stuff that, that's flashing in everyone's head. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not like we have any sort of rest or break uh, nope. from tough games here, right? Uh, looking ahead to this Thursday, we go into the Galen Center, which you know has historically not been too difficult for us, but under Andy Enfield, it's been a little bit tougher. When was the last time we uh, won a Galen Center? I can't even remember. I don't remember now. I definitely have gone to the Galen Center several times after we graduated, and I've seen UCLA run them off the floor. So it hasn't been... Well... <laughs> 
I'm looking this up. Just keep keep long, talking. I'm looking this up. We've been out of school for a very, very long time now, so we're we're old. Um, but, but you know, we we again we go into another tough road game, cross town rivalry. It's obviously you know SC is always a big deal, regardless of sport. Always want to beat the the uh, living hell out of this team. Um, and we've already we played them once. We had a very weird game against them at home. And I wouldn't expect them to be taking that game lightly. And I think that game is probably living in the back of their minds thinking, hey, we could have taken them down at Pauly. And now they're gunning, gunning to take us down at Galen Center. And again, it's a huge, huge win for them. If they beat us, they're now within one game of the Pac-12 title. So I've looked it up. So and okay, we, yeah. Uh, what, what did you find? So we have won over there two times in the last ten years. That was 2014, Wild. 2015, and which was the Kyle Anderson, Jordan Adams team. Mm-hmm. And then it was 2017, 2018. So Lonzo, the Lonzo. No, the Lonzo team also lost at the Galen Center. So it's the Aaron Holiday team, actually, that won over there. Interesting. Yeah, our senior year, 2012-2013, we also won there. Uh, but that was before the the, period, the time period I'm talking about. So, so I guess the Galen Center has not been that kind to us. No, I, no, uh, it's been terrible. That... that I guess shouldn't shock me, but it kind of does. Um, but again, a credit to to Enfield and and his staff there. They seem to figure it out against us. Regardless, I think this is another must-win game for uh, the opposing team. Yeah, it feels like every game against us is going to be a must-win game for the teams, right? So we've talked about this. Every team is going to give us a haymaker. Can we figure out how to win? And this is important for for UCLA too. I mean, this is another quad one win. We need to get on a resume. It's a to, quad for one seating purposes. It's a quad one win. But if you look at all the teams now sitting behind us, we're at eight and one in, in conference, and there's a little quartet here of teams that are all at three losses. And what all of them are hoping for, especially SC, but what all of them are hoping for is that SC can hold serve at home over here, and then everyone's just a game back, and now it's basically everyone's to play for at this point. Um, and, and then the whole lead that we built up here is, is essentially now a, kind of a, a, kind of a pick them the rest of the way. So it's a big game for the conference. It's also a big game just for our national aspirations because again let's we, we go back to what our hope is for this year uh, you know our, our hope is not just to have a nice season and whatnot no our hope is that we are among the very best in college basketball that we win this conference that we earn one of those top seeds yes the tournament is what matters and whatnot but but our hope with this team is a, is a little little greater than that than than that we're, we're, we're getting real selfish this year and so to do that I think we we got to win this game against SC. When when you think about some of the road games that you know some of these other conferences and such have to go and deal deal with the, the Big Twelve and soon in the Big Ten. When we're in the Big Ten, for example, 
this could easily be a, a road date at Michigan State, and then we got to go to, you know, Ohio State, and then Indiana. You know, we got to be able to win against this SC team, I think, um, on their home floor, no matter how harsh they may, that may sound. I, I think that we we got to be able to go go out there and and get and get it done. This SC team's been been interesting, right? You you watch them against Arizona; they get the the brakes beaten off of them by Arizona. That was like ugly. They, that was real bad. They were outclassed in every way or form and got run out of the gym. Then you go up against Arizona State, and they are largely you know controlling the game for ninety percent of the game. Yet they they have a tendency to kind of take the foot off the gas and really let ASU climb into that game at the very last last couple of minutes of it. You know, I think they're up fifteen at one point, and the ASU started turning the ball, turning them over, and they were getting easy buckets and threes, and they made it a game. SC has a tendency of kind of melting down, and so. I don't know what to make of them. I think they have enough talent um, to to win games. I mean, they've been playing pretty solid basketball for the most part ever since losing the to some of those uh, early losses. And we we kind of said the same thing when they came to Poly. Like they're they're a, a solid team, and. Uh, they obviously, for all the reasons we just talked about, they need to beat us. So we're going to get their best shot. They're also a, a team that has some you know, reinforcements since we last played them. Vince Uwuchukwu, Uwuchukwu, I believe is how you pronounce his name, was a five-star recruit uh, who is back uh, on the court. And you know, before we even get into the, him, uh, rivalry aside, um it is great to see him back on the court. If you don't know this kid's story, he uh, over summer, I believe, he basically had a life-threatening heart issue. Um, so to even get this kid back playing is is pretty pretty great. So so you know, happy to see that he is healthy. But he he does provide a spark for this team. I think the athleticism that he brings, he, the skill that he can bring, um, does change some of the composure of, of this SC team. Now, he is kind of on a minute count, but he's a guy that we haven't gone up against yet, so I think he adds a new element to this team. You know, we talked about the, the matchup between Bona and Morgan last time, and Bona, I would say, largely won that matchup, but can he do it again uh, on the road? in a more hostile environment that remains to be seen I, I think we need him to step up again and then you know we have our old foes Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson who you know we largely kept in check but we can't let these like other random dudes like Reese Dixon Waters go off against us we just absolutely cannot do that this game because on the road I think we get buried if we let someone shoot you know seven for seven in the second half of the game yeah, we cannot play defense like we did in the second half of that game. Um, because uh, Dixon Waters was was getting was hitting a lot of all of his shots, but even otherwise, I thought that second half defensively was was definitely not our best effort. And you know that whatever they did against us in that second half in that second half on one on our offense, it's probably coming back again. High ball pressure. Hedging the screens, um, you know, high hedges. 
all that's probably coming back and what's our answer this time around because again like you like you said they probably think that they 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 had us last time and now they're going to get us you know at, at home they're going to be up for it uh and you know galen center is not usually the most raucous environment but when ucla comes there it gets real real real, real loud so it's going to be a tough game the key i think for ucla is 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 pretty simple they got to play their game defense turnovers taking care of the ball I'm going to assume, I, I think to lose to SC with the kind of Cronin math that we got from the Arizona game, I think that that number would have to probably go down to like 25%. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume we're not going to shoot 25%. I agree. Right? I like, agree. Like, uh, that's what it would, yeah. it would take, I think, to lose this game. Like, or, or someone just getting randomly hot and like that kind of stuff can happen and, and, and oh well. Um, but if we do what we do, I think that takes care of this, and that's what's going to need to happen. I do think on the other side, you know, someone's got to step up on, on offense. In the Arizona State game, we had two players step up. We had Tiger and we have David. And in the other games that we have, usually one player steps up. Against Colorado, for example, Jaime stepped up. Um, against Utah, we had a pretty decent overall you know, offensive game. Against Washington State, when we were on the ropes, a Dembona stepped up. With all these guys in the slump, we can't have you know four or five out of the you know seven to eight rotation players that we play all going through some weird thing on the same day. We need a couple of guys to step up, and wonder who that's going to be in this game between you know Dave, Tiger, Jalen Clark, and Jaime. Two of them have got to take the responsibility every night to say, "This is my night." That they don't got it, I got it, and find a way to get us some shots. And, and I think that's the way this is going to have to go. Uh, we do have a streaky team. We're going to go through some weird slumps, and we need a couple guys to just step up, take the reins, and then get everyone else going around them. Uh, and, and on the road like this, I think we're going to need to find a couple people to get through that if we can do our job on the other end. Look, we are streaky. I just don't think that we will always be uh, streaky all at the same time. That's the key, right? Like, if one guy's going through a slump, that's fine. We need other guys to pick up the slack. And I just don't think that we are going to be slumping all at the same time more often than not. Um, I think this is, um, this is going to be a tough game, like pure and simple. I think the SC always gets up against us. They're, you know, always trying to prove their relevancy in the basketball world and, and beating UCLA as a blue blood is always kind of at the top of their list of how they can accomplish that. I want to see more of the first half of that for, of that first game from us. Uh, if you remember before the wheels fell off, this was looking like an absolute beatdown of a game. We were up like 15 or 16 points going into that game, uh, half. 18. And we had the... 18 points, even higher. So we were in blowout territory, and it didn't look like the SC could could really keep up with us. That's what I want to see. I want to see that level of intensity on defense um, because that's what will get us there. If we let up, we're going to be in trouble. I mean, like you said, we're just we're just we're not going to win this game, and we we need to win this game for all the reasons we've already talked about. But it, it is going to be tough. I think our guys understand that. 
I think our guys understand the shooting slump needs to kind of, they need to work through it ASAP. Uh, I don't know if you um, saw this. I think I sent this to you, but, you know, take this for, with a grain of salt. But, you know, Jalen Jalen Clark was tweeting about how you know, they're in the gym working through the shooting slump, trying to improve their shooting. That, to me, like, shows me that they get, they need to step up. Somebody needs to step up and make shots. Uh, that doesn't surprise me with this group of kids either. Like, I think they're all intelligent human beings who understand what uh, it takes to win at this point. Uh, and so I have confidence in them that they will put in the extra work to kind of work through this. And hopefully one or two or three of them can wake up a little bit more for this game and continue uh, building on it because we, we can't, we can't shoot, you know, sub 30 again. Um, and my prediction is that we will, somebody will figure it out this time. Unlike against Arizona. Yeah, so again, we go back to where was UCLA last year around this time. And, you know, last year we had lost both the games in Arizona. So that's a good start. You know, we, we got the one against Arizona State, even if we lose the one to at, at Tucson. This right here, I think, is is where, you know, we're right now still the, – the, the loss at Arizona basically didn't hurt us when in, in any major way in terms of – Seeding implications, conference race implications, yet. But I think a loss to SC, that's when this would start to get dicey. I think you would start to hear all the questions about, you know, where's the, the, the quad, how's the quad one record, what it is. Um, you Losing two in a row would probably, like, knock us below, and then you'd start to see, you know, us trying to fight back to get to the two line. But we win this game, you know, we just look around what's going, going through the rest of the country. Um uh, Everyone's losing. Everyone's losing, right? The entire top five minus Purdue, who just survived by the skin of their teeth against Maryland, um, all lost, right? Kansas went and lost tonight to Baylor, um, which is good because Baylor's they got healthy after after the a, a little rough stretch there, and now they're back in the thick of the Big Twelve race. We got Kentucky and Kansas this weekend, so we win this weekend and some results go our way. Um, we have a chance to climb back up there. But if we lose and we get to two in a row, that's when I think teams have a chance to jump us, and then we got to be careful the rest of the way, really the rest of the way, to make sure that you know, this doesn't essentially fall into another situation like last year. Yeah, we need to avoid that. Um, but of course, I just... it's, all, it's all margins at the end of the day. The tournament's what really matters, but... Hey, that would be fun to, to see UCLA one of those top lines. <laughs> well, it, it makes it easier to win the tournament in theory. Um, we we want to get one of those those easier seeds. But, yeah, I mean, I just for pride purposes, right, just for program building purposes, recruiting purposes, like e- e- UCLA needs to win this game, I think. Yeah, I'm just tired of losing this building. I, I Again... I, I I felt like it's we a had garbage one. stadium, by the way. Oh, I'm I just know. Gonna say that. I don't know if you've ever been to a game there. I don't remember if you went any time we went back in the day. We but... went to Kyle Anderson year with Jordan. Okay. Uh, yeah, we went that year, but I haven't been since then. I don't remember who I went with, but it 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 sucks. It's a shitty stadium. 
Yeah. It's, I'm not even just saying that because a uh, uh, rivalry thing. It, it objectively is a bad stadium. Like, it's just not great. Like, bad stadium, shit fans, rivalry game. We already lost one of those this weekend, and I'm – I. Of all the all the things that 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 you know that loss does, like losing to Arizona was the worst part of all of it. I can't take another one of these. So please, please, UCLA, please go go. Let's take care of this this week. Yeah, I, we already have one like fairly imbecilic group of uh, fans and fan base as a large uh, tweeting at us. I don't need another group of like dumb people. Yeah. I mean, we don't need these people at all who watch smart. like one basketball <laughs> game a year to start like tweeting all of a sudden, right. For one night. Cause that's what happens, right. They, they beat UCLA and then it's like, Oh, I saw my one basketball game and they talk as if, you know, they, they own basketball and then they all disappear for the rest of the year. I don't want that. I, I did. I want to bury this no. team and then move on with our lives. Absolutely, because we have we have other we have we have tougher games coming up uh, after this game too. But let's Ayas on the prize. Let's win the crosstown rivalry. Let's put this to bed. Um, assert our basketball uh, dominance in the city again, and all will be fine with the universe. Like we just need to win this game for. For if for anything else, but my uh, my mental health and your mental health, we need to win this game. God, uh, good good times. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, anything else we want to chat about? I know there's some you know some minor things going on with football. We got another couple of recruits, um, transfer recruits, the old Dominion. Um, uh, old lineman uh, Kunta, who just committed to us today, so that's uh, that's good news. We got our, our probably our starting tackle, left tackle here through this uh, transfer, and it sounds like we might be getting the cornerback uh, Malik Jefferson. All signs seem to be pointing that he will commit to us. So you know, there's some some good things going on on the football front, but. Largely not a whole lot of other stuff on there. No news on the DC stuff, so that's still kind of all, all quiet on that front. Uh, women's basketball, road sweep in Washington, so that was great for them. Um, Pac-12 gymnastics started. Uh, the UCLA won their first meet. Um, they're looking actually pretty good rejuvenated under a new coach so excited to see that anything else anything else i'm missing i think you got it all sure i'm sure there's other stuff going on i can't we we can't keep up with it all um but yeah i think uh with that we will go ahead and call it a day uh you know if you enjoy this podcast Please follow us on Twitter, retweet us, uh, share with your other Bruin fan friends, and uh, we will be back with you guys next week, hopefully with a win under our belt against uh, Southern Cal. And with that, go Bruins. Go Bruins.